Hey everyone, Ben here with a quick interruption before we get into today's episode to let you know that we have been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. Yippee! That is very, very exciting. We are actually incredibly honoured and excited to have that nominee. And you, the listener, yes, the very person that is listening to this right now can help us win a Sports Podcast Award and get us on the podium for once rather than always being off the podium. To do so, head to sportspodcastawards.com. Dot com, register to vote, click on the Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast category where you can then vote for us to win. Now, you will have to listen to the other nominees as well, but let's be honest, you know you're going to vote for us because you're listening to our show today, which means we know you like us and we'd very much appreciate the vote in advance. Sportspodcastawards.com, that's how you do it, and we thank you in advance. And everybody who votes for us, we promise to thank you in our acceptance speech should we win. Right now, I'm going to shut up, play some music, and then you're going to hear me talk again as we get into today's episode of Off the Podium. Enjoy. Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you once again for an athlete interview. We are returning to the sport of wrestling today as we speak to three-time Australian Olympian Ali Abdo competed at the Sydney, the Athens, and the Beijing Olympics. And not only did he compete in three different Olympics, he competed competed in two different versions of wrestling, both Greco-Roman and freestyle. And it's a Fascinating story how Ali was able to do that. He goes into detail about qualifying for Sydney in Greco-Roman, a style that he generally wasn't training in and why he had to do that. And then ultimately his experiences in both Athens and Beijing. Very fascinating, his qualifying journey. Never a standard qualifier Ali was throughout his three Olympics. So uh, it's interesting to see there and how close he did become to being a four-time Olympian, sort of in the lead-up to London as well. Also talk a little bit about the sport in Australia, where we're at. And I correct myself. Back when we spoke with Jaden and Connor before Tokyo, I may have made a false assumption about the sport of wrestling and the history of the Olympics for Australia. So uh, something that we touch on a little bit in this interview as well. So without further ado, here's our chat with three-time Olympic wrestler Ali Abdo. <laughs> Very excited today to return to the sport of wrestling. We haven't actually talked to 
any wrestlers on this show, I think before Tokyo. It's been that long since we've uh, managed to talk about the sport, but very excited to learn a little bit more today about our guest's astounding career. Three-time Olympian competed at the Sydney, Athens and Beijing Olympics. And not just in one form of wrestling, two forms of wrestling, both Greco-Roman and freestyle. And I'm very intrigued to learn all about the changes between the two and everything else in between in his amazing career. Please welcome to Off the Podium, Ali Abdo. Ali, first of all, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure Thank to have you, you on the show today. Thank you very much, mate. Pleased to be on. It, it's exciting to talk about the sport because we yeah, haven't spoken about it in a while. And I think you're, you're actually our first uh, Olympian from wrestling uh, in terms of uh, who we've actually spoken to on the show uh, and the fact that you've actually been to the Olympics. We spoke to Jaden Lawrence and Connor Evans sort of just before uh, Tokyo. And unfortunately, they obviously didn't quite make it to the Olympics. But uh, you've obviously been to three, so a, an astounding career that we're here to talk about. But I'd, I'd love to learn just from the very beginning, what, what brought you into the sport of wrestling? How, how did you even get involved on this uh, amazing journey that took you to three Olympic Games? Well, as my father, to be honest, uh, my father's a wrestler himself. He was a wrestler. Um, and basically, me and my brother used to just go in and uh, watch my dad wrestle, jump on each other here and there. And then, um, you know, as the years ticked on, me and my brother just started to kind of take part in classes. And, um, yeah, it just kind of eventuated from there, to be honest. I mean, we basically actively got involved from about nine, ten years of age. And then, um, yeah, and just uh, progressed from there. And in terms of sort of watching your dad and kind of everything that he was doing there, was there something about it that, that appealed to you? Was it just a case because, oh, dad's doing something cool, I want to do it? Did you kind of like the look of it, see how it, it felt when you kind of got out there on the mat and gave it a bit of a try? No, it was actually, I think it was more just my dad leading the way, you know. I think my dad was probably trying to, you know, um, instill the sport in us. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say it was uh, my preferred sport, you know, early on in the years. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just, you know, kids like to wrestle as well, jump on each other, grapple a bit. So there was uh, some, some uh, uh, I guess, uh, interest in the sport at that point. But, you know, I think early on I was dabbling in wrestling, uh, soccer, AFL, footy. And, um, yeah, I think uh, once I got into my teenage years, then I started to become a bit more uh, responsible, I guess, and committed. Uh, but, yeah, in the early days, I think it was more my dad leading the way and just basically getting me involved in the sport. You know? In terms of the other sports that you were mentioning you are playing, I mean, kind of how were you progressing in those? Were they sort of, you know, could we have seen you out there competing for Australia at a, at a World Cup, pulling on an AFL no, Guernsey no, at no, one no. point or things like that? <laughs> Look, I, I was fortunate enough that I, I was able to adapt. And I think it's because of wrestling, because I started wrestling pretty young. I was, uh, athletically, or I was athletically able to adapt to other sports. Uh, but I, like AFL footy, I was doing all right. Like, um I was, uh, I think people likened me to the uh, Tony Liberatore. Nice. You know, uh, the little short stocky, you know, the tackler, you know, always sitting in the back pocket, you know. Um, uh, so, I mean, look, possibly, who knows? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it was wrestling that just, uh, I think that's where I uh, showed talent and uh, I stuck at it. 
I've got to ask the deal breaker question right now, Ali, on the topic of AFL. Who's who's your team? Who who do you support in the footy? Oh, look, I've I've weaned off, mate. But you know, I grew up probably following Carlton. <laughs> oh well, hey hey, smart man. There you go. We got we the first intelligent <laughs> guest on the show, Ali. There you go. You can stay. You're welcome. <laughs> just just keep on the show. There you go. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the right answer on off the podium. So uh, there you go. It's it's all right. We, we'll get there eventually. And we've been saying that now for. 26 years so it's all good um <laughs> but at what point then sort of with the wrestling you mentioned kind of into your teenage years were you going to competitions were you realizing that this is something that you could kind of pursue a little bit more and and kind of you know when you're getting a bit of success in it was it then or did you just start to sort of really enjoy it more and kind of want to just focus purely on the wrestling side of things yeah look i think it was probably the age of about 14 14 to 15 um that's when i started to win like kind of like you know junior or school age type uh, national championships and uh, you know for someone that wins once you win a national championship in any category I think that's it's quite uh, exciting rewarding and uh, you know it gives you uh, a hunger for the next step and the next stage so I think I was probably about 17 maybe when I first competed in my senior event um, and, uh, you know, I showed some sort of, uh, I guess, if you want to say potential um, as a young, uh, as a young, uh, as a young uh, wrestler competing in the senior level. So, you know, it gave me more reason to hang on and uh, persevere and, uh, you know, push through. And, um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's, I'd say mid-teenage years is when I just took the reins and just started, uh, you know, putting in the hours. And was that at some point then when all of a sudden the Olympics became a, a possibility? Had you sort of grown up kind of paying attention to wrestling at the Olympics thinking this would be something good? Or when you were starting to reach those levels, national championships, senior teams, was that when all of a sudden you thought, hey, possibility, I could go to an Olympic Games right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was probably the age of 17. So I was 19 when I got in. Um, so uh, I think I was in year 12 at the time. And uh, a new Olympics was in Sydney. And uh, basically, the because it was being held in the um, in Sydney or in Australia, so the qualifications is a little bit different. Um, you win nationals, Oceania, bang, it's straight in. So um, yeah, so the chances of making it um, were you know was um, was high. So yeah, from from about seventeen onwards, that's when I started to like. I think at eighteen, I won a senior a senior competition. Um, at eighteen. Um, and then again at 19 and, and then, um, yeah, it just went on from there. So, um, yeah, it wasn't always something I wanted to, like I had vision, like not as a 15 year old or 14 year old, probably once I got to about year 12, you know, 17 years of age. That's yeah. a pretty cool thing to have in year 12 though, when, uh, you know, you're at that age and a lot of people are trying to work out what their next step is after year 12. Do I do uni? Do I do a gap year? Kind of what do I do there? And all of a sudden you've got that, hey, well, hang on a minute, the Olympics, that, that's achieved a couple of years away. Why not? So, I mean, not a bad, not a bad thing to look forward to when you're in year 12. Oh, 100%. I mean, year 12 was the first year I actually represented Australia at the World Championships. Um, and I was at Las Vegas. So for me, that wow. was huge. That yeah. was enough for me to, you know, uh, you know, just to kind of inspire me to keep going, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I went to the first World Senior Championships and uh, got a taste of, you know, the elite level, the high level. And, um, you know, the following year, I had a really good year as well. Um, competed uh, in the senior 
World Championships as well. In one year, I think in 2019, I competed in juniors and senior world championships. So, you know, those late teenage years were uh, a breakthrough for me. And, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, went from there. Which I can imagine, too, coming from a country like Australia where, you know, competing in the world stage when you're going up against a lot of these sort of European nations where wrestling's obviously a, a bit of a bigger deal than it is in Australia. Kind of what's that like when you go to your first sort of world tournament and you're coming up against these athletes? I mean, the standard, I mean, of wrestling, does it kind of blow you away? Do you realise sort of, you know, how Australian wrestling is comparing to these nations who are dominating? I mean, kind of what's that experience like, that first taste of kind of coming well, up against look, competitors? Like the first time, it, it's intimidating, to be honest. You know, um, you know, these guys live it, breathe it, sleep it. You know, they're training full time. And, um, you know, here in Australia, you're having to study or work and train. So you're juggling many commitments. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously that's going to, and you're not getting much support, especially in the sport of wrestling. You know, I would have loved to have gone overseas and spent some time overseas and trained and, and, and uh, developed. Um, my wrestling overseas as well, but you know you don't get the support, you don't have the resources. So, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, the the level is there's there's a fair bit of discrepancy between Australian level and you know let's say for instance European level or even the American American yeah. uh, level. It's in their it's in their high schools, it's in their colleges, it's in their universities. You know, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, there's there's quite a bit of difference. You know, but it doesn't stop you from, uh, you know, you don't go in there conceding defeat. You know, you just, uh, you just still do, still do the work. You know, I was fortunate enough that I did go overseas. I did train a little bit here and there, but uh, not to the level that I would have loved to have. In terms of, I mentioned in the intro, you started in Greco-Roman, eventually went to freestyle. Were you sort of? Do you train in both? Can you train in both? Is that a thing nah. when you kind of focus on Greco-Roman and then you make that decision to switch to freestyle? How does that work? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I've always been a freestyle wrestler. Uh, but what happened was I, uh, I lost the freestyle division when I was trying out for Sydney uh, to someone who was much older. And, um, you know, there's always the opportunity because in Australia, we're heavily, we're more, we're more um, I guess we're more freestyle. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Greco-Roman focused. So a lot of people, what they do sometimes is compete in both just to get more matches, more bouts under their belts. And I decided to, you know, okay, I lost. I got second place. I'm going to try out for Greco-Roman. So I just switched styles on the day and um, and I ended up winning that one. Wow. So that's when, that's when I just committed, you know, for the next six to eight months purely – Probably ninety percent of my training was Greco-Roman, and I was fortunate enough. Is that difficult? Enough. Is that difficult then when you got to What's switch that? focus? Then is that like how difficult yeah, is that yeah. to kind of switch that? <clears throat> Excuse me, um, it's it's different. There's a it's the the style is different. The um, the 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 whole uh, I guess the there's a lot of there's a lot of discrepancy. You know, your stance is different. Your the attacks, the moves, things that you can, things that you can't do. You know, um, I'm used to being kind of shooting for legs, double legs, picking up. For a Greco-Roman, that's all out the window. You know, you can only attack from the waist up. Which 
do you forget sometimes? <laughs> like when you're in Greco-Roman, you go, shit, whoops, I shouldn't be going for the legs all of a sudden. This this is wrong. <laughs> uh, look, I guess, I guess if you get picked up and uh, you're about to get launched, you'll you grab onto anything. <laughs> <laughs> just go for it. Then maybe have to quickly say to the, the ref, sorry. Yeah, like, you know. just, just an accident, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, generally, generally, like once you know you're doing Greco-Roman, you're not going to switch to a – you're not going to forget and switch to a freestyle stance because – it's quite a discrepancy. One's low, one's high, you know. Um, but yeah, there's definitely different. Uh, there's yeah, there's it's, there's quite a discrepancy. And is in terms of just outside of the styles, when it comes to say training outside of just wrestling with people in the gym. I mean, because you're sort of more working on the upper body, is that a different training? Like when you're hitting the gym, are you having to kind of work on different parts of the body as if you would be going to an Olympics as a freestyle wrestler? I guess to some degree, yeah, definitely, you know, because, uh, I mean, with uh, with Greco-Roman, it's heavily dependent, as you mentioned, on upper body, upper mm-hmm. body strength, you know. So stuff that you do off the mat will be a little bit different to what you do, say, for a freestyler, you know. You know, uh, we, we, you need more explosiveness with freestyle, you know, being able to be more agile, shooting, you know, uh, changing levels, you know, whereas you don't need to do your watch you watch a freestyle match compared to a, uh, a Greco-Roman, uh, the, t- the tenacity is different. The tempo is different. Freestyle is like, you know, like a, especially in the lighter weights, it's like two cats going at one another, hmm. you know, whereas Greco-Roman is a lot slower, you know. In, in terms of when you got that spot, then you're at the Olympics, you, you're going to your first games, do you remember kind of that feeling, that sort of that, that moment you realised that uh, you, you were at that point were an Olympian? And, and also how was that then... Your dad finding out your brother, your family kind of, you know, it's almost like a bit of a family business, it sounds, Ali. So, I mean, I can imagine that must be a pretty special feeling for the <laughs> yeah, family for as sure. well. I mean, yeah, yeah. My dad was, uh, my dad was wrapped. I think, uh, I think his, his uh, workplace made a big deal out of it as well, you know, um, given the pedigree of wrestling within the family. Um, you know, I still remember the day, you know, a lot of family, a lot of friends, the trials were in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, it was a big deal back then. Um, you know, my dad was super excited. I mean, my brother had retired. That inspired him to come back, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, his his claim to fame was uh, also making the Commonwealth Games back in 2010. So he had a good comeback. Um, so, yeah, definitely quite a bit of a pedigree in the family. Yeah. Pretty good comeback then to, what, 10 years later make a, a Commonwealth Games team. Yeah, it's not yeah. Like, you he, know, he, it's, yeah. He, he kind of, I think he retired like at 15 or 16. Wow. Um, what's that? Ten years ago, yeah. So, how old would he have been? He probably would have been about 30, 30 years of age. Incredible! Wow, that's amazing. Is it a sport that kind of you can keep going sort of on in age? Like, is it kind of one that's sort of really age dependent? Like, the most athletes are in their twenties, kind of you peak in a certain age, or how does that kind of work? Yeah, look, you know, it's it's very dependent. But if you're going to go on average, you'd probably say, you know, by the by the by late twenties, you know, thirty early 30s you're almost just about done you know uh, but once you go if you if you start looking at heavyweights especially in the greco-roman because it's much slower less athleticism is required you'll find that um some guys can go into their late 30s wow yeah you know, uh, especially in the greco-roman that's incredible because that's incredible. speed is not required just yeah. strength and technique you know which uh, i mean yeah. that's 
that must be incredible to kind of watch then if you've got some sort of wrestlers maybe, you know, in their late 30s up against some fresh kids or something kind of, you know, going at it young. Like, I mean, that kind of, it's it's, it's not often you get that, and especially in combat sports as well. Yeah, for sure. We had uh, this year, this year's Olympics, we had um, a Cuban who won his fourth Olympic gold. Right, um, yeah, I remember that. He, uh, yeah, greco Roman. Yeah. And uh, I think he was about 38 years of age. Wow. So that, that that's that's quite impressive, you know. Insane. So um, you, you're just you're yeah. just at age, you Ali. You're just what, just forty now. So, I mean, you you could still be going, right? Like like, what's going on? Like, I mean, you could have been there yeah. in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the level of commitment, my workload, family, and all the rest of it. <laughs> I think uh, it's, it's, uh, I left it to the young ones. <laughs> <laughs> As we keep bringing up, Andrew Hoy was 62 at Tokyo, won two medals. So, look, you know, you're still a spring chicken. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Got to take up hey, another sport for the state till 60. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Equestrian. You could be riding horses yeah. in Brisbane, you know, um, another home Olympics. <laughs> never say never. Never say never. What was the experience like, though? We always like hearing sort of about Olympic experiences and obviously not about Olympics to make your debut at a home Olympics as well. I mean, sort of outside of the competition thing, do you remember sort of much around the the hype and, I mean, if you did the opening ceremony, things like that. I mean, I can imagine that's an incredible experience to have your first Olympics at home. Definitely. It was, a, it was quite an electric experience, you know, going out in the opening ceremony. Um, even like, you know, days off, or not days off, but even times you'd walk out into Darling Harbour, you know, um, you'd get a lot of, uh, I guess, attention from the public. You know, um, yeah, at 19 years of age at the time, you know, it was, especially in the sport of wrestling, you got a lot of recognition, you know. Um, you know outside of, outside of the Olympics, mate, no one knows what wrestling is. No one knows. Not to say you do it for um, a recognition, but uh, you're definitely not walking the streets like an AFL football player. Mm, yeah, yeah, and also I can imagine then too, just for the sport in general, to have crowds like that at in Sydney. I mean, because I, I can't imagine that. Australia would have ever had, or maybe since, unless maybe Commonwealth Games, yeah. and a, a crowd like that to come and watch wrestling. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it was it was good exposure for the sport. Um, in saying that, I mean, I was I was uh, Ruin HG took the piss out of me, you know, uh, in one of my matches. Oh, so you, you were know. one of the ones they commentated on, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Right. I remember it vividly. Like, I remember their commentary, of course, but I didn't realise that, that you were in one of the, the commentary ones. That must have been an interesting experience. Yeah. That was quite interesting, you know. Um, I guess any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> <laughs> which, which uh, I mean, look, I, I try to... The, <laughs> I'm just remembering things like, what was like the dog and all that kind of stuff that they yeah, did. Pretty was, much, yeah, pretty yeah. yeah. Yeah, the exposure that it kind of gave to it there. But, I mean, like, as you say, any publicity is good publicity. I mean, people maybe have a bit of a laugh and go, okay, this sport's a bit strange, but it does at least show the sport. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, Roy Nash, was obviously very popular during those Olympics, yeah. so it, all of a sudden people yeah. might have wanted to tune in a little bit more and watch it a oh, bit more. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, so everyone's like, even when people used to ask me, oh, what do you do? I said, I do wrestling, and everyone straight away would say, by Greco-Roman, um, only because that's what got the bad rap in the Olympics. You know, mm-hmm. when they go the, go the dog and all that kind of positions and stuff. So I guess, yeah, I think that uh, made an impression on the public. 
We we did some fun commentary during Tokyo, and we did wrestling one day. And uh, look, we, we we did so much that I can't remember exactly what we did. But I can't say we went we went the Roy and HG route and kind of uh, went that side of things. But it was fun. Like, I think we, that's what we did. We 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 brought in introduction music. We kind of went full WWE style. We brought in like as they're walking to the mat, like bring in some you know play play the Hulk theme, Hulk Hogan, and all that kind of stuff. Like pump it up a little bit. Bring bring the the intro music. That's awesome. That kind of works, but when it came to the competition side of things, do you do you set yourself a goal going into it? Do you sort of want to get to a certain stage? I mean, kind of what were your hopes in competing at your first Olympics back in Sydney? I guess, um, look, my, I just, I guess like anyone, you know, you want to do your best, that's the key. You know, I understand I was like the youngest on the team, so the pressure wasn't all on me. Um um, you know, I did all the preparation, all the work I could do. I deferred from uni at the time. You know, I went overseas. I trained a bit overseas. So um, I, I went in uh, very prepared, you know, but it was just unfortunate. I struck the uh, two-time gold medalist um, in the first round. So, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, that was quite an experience. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was awesome. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it, it was a, it was a good experience. Uh, it was a good first experience to know what calibre you're up against or, you know, what level you need to be at. You know, so it was a good benchmark for me. And does that, going up against him, uh, now and please correct me how I'm going to butcher his name, Philberto, is it Azkoi? Azkui? Yeah, As- something. Azkuzi uh, or Azkuzi. yeah, yeah. We'll just call him Philberto. That, that's the easiest way from, um, from Cuba. But, I mean... To, do you kind of get a sense of pride going on to watch him win a gold saying like, hey, at least I got beaten by the gold man. I got beaten by the best. <laughs> 100%. You know, uh, and the way he beat me, you know, almost, I, I must say it flawlessly, he beat the guy in the final the same way. Wow. You know, and I was like, and the only person that got close to him is the guy that was in my bracket as well. From right. Australian. Right. I wrestled him as well. So I had, I would have to say, it's fair to say, they were the two toughest guys in the division. And uh, back then, we were in a bracket of three. Mm. You know, the 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 person that wins the matches progresses on to the next. So a little so bit different. straight knockout? Because is it straight knockout now? Is that uh, kind of how it No, works? no, it wasn't a straight knockout. I mean, um, I guess if you lose, if you lose one match, you and, and the guy progresses to the finals you got something called a ripper charge right where yes you still got a chance to go for bronze how what is what is like, we always like to talk about ripper charges in sports where there are because sometimes it's 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 interesting to see that you can sort of lose and then come back like i mean is that a is that just a standard thing in the sport of wrestling that a ripper charge is always at international competitions yeah yeah as far as i can remember because i mean if i come up against a gold medalist first first match mm-hmm. you know rather than just you know uh, losing all hope, you still have a chance for going for bronze. You know, you're not going to have another chance for going for gold. You know, so um, if if your first match, if the guy progresses, then um, yeah, you, you get given a chance, which I think is fair. Um, only one time I lost, I think I lost a one, uh, no, I beat one guy and somehow I met him again in the final. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think it was, there was about five of us, five or six of us wrestling. I don't know how it happened. Unfortunately, I lost to him in the final by point. 
But uh, yeah, I, I always, I still wonder how, how that happened. Like it doesn't normally happen. It's because it's. I just yeah. It's something we've we've often talked about and kind of just how it kind of works with some of these things. And it's um, yeah. Because I mean, it is interesting to think that. I mean, we've talked to a few boxers on the show, and and you get to all that effort, you, you get to one bout, and then you you're done. That's it. Kind of one one bout, you're you're out. And so I guess it kind of it's that level playing field and knowing that you kind of you're not working to this this level where all of a sudden your your Olympic experience can be over in a couple of minutes. You've trained 100%. four years and done two minutes, yeah, and you're 100%. out. 100%. I mean, now, like now, if, if I wrestled someone now, let's say first round, and they and they lose maybe their second match or their third match, well, that's how I'm done. That means I, I basically fall, fall in the same category where I've literally gone there, had one match, and I'm done. You know? Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, but you know, that's, that's, that's sport. That's, that's, it is what it is, you know? It kind of, it kind of, yeah, balances out in certain, certain yeah. ways in that. So do you leave, do you leave Sydney then? How do you feel? Like, do you feel, okay, I competed my best. Let's just switch focus to the next Olympics. Kind of, was it straight away? Like, cool. I like this experience. I've, I've done this once. This is, this is going to be something that I'm going to go there, yeah, there definitely. towards. Definitely. Like I said, after I did, after I had the first experience, then uh, the goal was definitely the next Olympics, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, the, uh, the second Olympics, I was a, uh, I, uh, I guess I was very uh, fortunate. Um, I, uh, I actually lost the trials, but uh, because the person that qualified was medically unfit and I stepped up. Wow. So, um, and it wasn't to like a, a fellow Australian. It was more like, I mean, he was a fellow Australian, got naturalized, but um, it was another guy from Uzbekistan. And, uh, you know, the Uzbeks are very good, um, very recognized for their wrestling. And, um, yeah, it was the uh, better wrestler on the day. So, it's all um, the stands, right? All the stands love their wrestling. It's all those countries yeah. <laughs> with stand. <laughs> That's it, eh? Oh, 100%. When it comes to then getting that call up, I mean, how was it? Like, how, how long was that when you kind of, didn't qualify and then all of a sudden you get the call up to say actually no you are going to to make the team and kind of what's that feeling like from the disappointment of not qualifying to then all of a sudden getting that call up Kate, you're going to another olympic games like it was as it wasn't as one would expect because the guy that qualified was actually uh, a fellow uh teammate or a from the same gym so he came he became naturalized through me because we wrestled off in the world championships like five years ago five years right. previous and we brought him out to train me up for the sydney olympics was sydney yeah i think it was a bit of sydney Olymp- was sydney preparation sorry preparation for the sydney olympics uh the trial sorry i should say and um yeah and then i mean he liked australia and he stayed you know so um so we were teammates basically from the same club so I was quite happy that I made it, but I was it was also it was bittersweet because I was disheartened for him because I know what it's like to actually, you know, I know the joy of getting that call up and say, you know, you obviously you've made the team. So, you know, that's what we work for as amateur wrestlers. We that's the that's the uh, that's the stage we're after, you know, the the Olympic stage. So uh, yeah, I was look, I was look, I was I was happy. I was I was I was excited, um, but. Yeah, so um, disappointing on him, but you know, twelve years later, he ended up making it to um, Rio. 
So great. There you go. Kind of worked out eventually. There's that that longevity kind of you going back to what we're saying before about your brother. I mean, ten year, twelve year, like geez, wow, this is like it's kind of those those it keeps going on. So the the key is consistency. As long as you keep training and keep moving, you know, um, don't lose your touch. You know, you might be a little bit rusty initially, but you know, as long as you've got the foundation, you can always build on it. Now, you obviously at this point going into Athens are in freestyle. The, the yeah. event that obviously we were talking a little bit before, but it's a it's a higher weight category. So you're now in the 74 kilogram. Was yeah. that a yeah. an active choice in between? No, they changed. To, it, they the changed it? Changed. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it ended and, up being like 66 or 74. Wow. That's a big discrepancy. That's that's not yeah. really, yeah. you know, much to kind of go there. And is, it, is that a case of then it comes from that you, you would rather – being a heavier one to kind of with the weight management rather than lose it? Like, is it easier to kind of gain it? Is that how it works? Physically, I could not lose another three kilos. I was like a greyhound at 69, you know, and um, there was no chance. Um, Although in America, they they said if you were wrestling with us, would make you a 66. Wow. So, um, but I guess that would be a different commitment altogether, you know. Your body composition would change by the way they train, you know. but yeah, I went up to seventy four. Put on some muscle mass, and uh, yeah, for me it was a lot, a lot better because by by that time I started to fill out a bit more. I started weighing at seventy eight, seventy nine, cutting down to seventy four. You know, so yeah, it was it was seventy four was my weight for a long time. And in terms of when you got that call up, how close was that to the Olympics? Sort of how much warning do I you? I think have? I think it was like somewhere around the. I, I remember it was start of the year I got the call up. I think it would have been about five months or six months thereabouts. Wow. Okay. And so yeah. that from that point in, is it just like go, 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 hit the gym back to? I mean, not saying you yeah, weren't yeah, already, yeah. but I mean, I can imagine it's kind of like shit. Better, the better focus get. Is different. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Your focus is different, and um, yeah, your 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 mindset's different. You know? And does that then also change having experienced an Olympics? And going back to my point about. You know, you're experiencing everything around it. It's obviously a lot different, I can imagine, to a, a world championships. You know, all the pressure and everything that comes with being at the Olympics. Do you kind of go into Athens then feeling a bit different? Like, oh, this is I've done this before now, so I kind of know what the the village is going to be like. I know what an opening is like. I know these things now, so I can focus more on the competition. Yeah, definitely. You definitely have uh, more sense of what to expect. Um, but you know, once again, you know, but when it comes to competition. The, as Aussies, we're the underdogs, so the pressure's not on us, you know. Um, you know, so you still go out there. It's 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 you just you go out there, give it your all, and um, and um, you know you leave it on the mat. You know, that's all you can do. You know, um, yeah. But you know, like at the time, I was still at uni. You know, all three campaigns, I was a full-time uni student. So I mean. Um, it's uh yeah you got it's a juggling act you know so um your preparation can only be so much you know and do you so, have to uh, then take a break from study or do you take study with you to Athens like I mean I'm, probably, I'm sure you no, don't no, want no. to study in the middle of an no, Olympics no, but <laughs> no, no 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 I um um the first the, my first Olympics I actually deferred a semester right and then the second time I think I went part time. And then uh, the uh, the third Olympics, 
I was studying my fourth year in osteopathy and um, that was a big year. That was, that was huge. But they advised me, they said, look, don't defer. You know, uh, we'll worry about it when you come back. So the uni, Vic Uni was quite supportive. Well, I can imagine that's a pretty, like, I'm sure you get a lot of students going in there, I need to do this, I need to do that, I defer, blah, blah, blah. But if you turn around and say, I'm going to an Olympics, I think they might, oh, okay, well, that's all right then. <laughs> that's a valid excuse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a few things that I think possibly they might not be frowning upon and it's quite the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah, I look at uh, Vic, Vic Uni is known for their um, sports uh, encouragement and that they embrace sports and uh, and things like that. You know, they, they're aligned with the – Footscray Bulldogs, they, you know, they got a great, you know, um, uh, sports facility. Um, so I mean, look, they, they, they love it, you know. Um, and you know, I got, I got a lot of support from them. Um, a little bit financially as well. So great. They help with the, they help with the process. So that kind yeah. of, uh, that I mean, it's it's those sort of little mental things that kind of help where you're not stressing out over. Because I mean, yeah. going back to your point yeah. that. You know, wrestling is obviously not a, a massive sport in Australia, so you're financing a lot of this yourself. You're doing this in your spare time. It's not like, yeah, you're an AFL player or a, or a swimmer or something where you're getting supported. So you kind of have to also have that mindset of this isn't going to be my career. That's I right. need to focus on something that is going to be my career at the same time as pursuing this passion of mine. Totally. That's that's always been the case. You know, I knew wrestling is not going to make me rich. You know, so, um, you know, I had to lay the foundations for after sport, you know, and uh, that's where, you know, uh, my studies came in and, uh, you know, I uh, spent a lot of years at uni, not the, not the uh, pathway I intended or not the years I intended, but uh, yeah, it just went from uh, studying human movement, exercise rehab to osteo. So it took me well over say, 10 years or so to complete all that. One thing that I can imagine would be fascinating. So in Sydney, you're one of many wrestlers for Australia at those Olympics. Australia had a lot of wrestlers. In Athens, I believe you were the only wrestler from Australia at those Olympics. Yeah, yeah, how, how is that experience when you've probably got a, you know, a bunch of teammates and you kind of got that camaraderie and all that kind of stuff yes. in Sydney to all of a sudden, you're it. You're the one representative for the sport at an Olympic Games. How's that? Yeah, it was, it was look, I must admit, it was a little bit more boring than, than, <laughs> um, than, uh, than, than Sydney. You know, it was actually just me and my coach, basically. Wow. You know, so, um, yeah, it was a little bit of a different experience. But, you know, I still tried to enjoy it and embrace it. And, um, you know, the downfall with uh, wrestling at the Olympics, wrestling is always at the end of the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. So you, you get in, you get in like maybe a week before the opening ceremony and you're training and you're dieting. And uh, you, you can't let loose, you know, you can't, you know, you can't, because you, you're still managing your weight. So, um, you can't hit the McDonald's in the village, nah, right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you know? um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's still an enjoyable, enjoyable experience. And, um, yeah, it was great. It's great. Do you kind of, when it comes to the village experience and sort of your fellow Australian teammates, as a solitary athlete from your sport, do you 
hang out with other sports where maybe they don't have like weightlifting if they've only got a couple of you know athletes taekwondo judo like maybe sports where they've only got a couple of athletes and kind of buddy up with them to be like hey like you know let's let's hang out let's go grab some salad or something <laughs> <laughs> look i uh, look to some degree because i mean they're still focusing on preparation and training um everyone's got a different schedule as well yeah uh, you know i think we were, i was in the same compound as the weightlifters right um in athens so there was a bit bit more connection with say the weightlifters um i believe the taekwondo was in the compound across the road so you know you connect with some of them uh the judo guys you know we, we're pretty close with the judo guys um some of them have cross-trained uh with wrestling so you know you still connect and you still have some connection with other athletes but because your competition is towards the end there's too much focus and too much, you know, you literally wake up in the morning, you might do a light session, have breakfast, chill, might have a power nap, and then you wake up for another session later on in the afternoon. You know, Can you um, allow yourself to go and see other events though? Like, I mean, or is it oh, kind of, of difficult because yeah. you're, you're focusing on yours? Yeah, but you still need time, time to zone off and, and uh, or zone out and, and relax and chill. So you definitely still have the opportunity to go watch other sports. What, you know, what, what I, did I you go see? What, what would you go and see? Oh, with, like, look, in for me, I, I watched uh, a little bit of boxing. Yep. Um, I think we did... Jeez, uh, I, think, I think at one point we went and saw uh, track. You know, not the finals, more, more the uh, pre-final stuff. Um, we went judo, seen a bit of judo. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, but not obviously. You might, two or three events, that's about it. In the span yeah. of about two and a half weeks. Because I always find it fascinating, like, as you're saying, sort of, you know, we've talked to, say, some some athletes, you know, athletics athletes and sort of, yeah, kind of second week, but obviously they've got sort of their designated and some day and everything. And it, But, yeah, wrestling is always at the very back end, right? So it's kind of that, that focus. And obviously it was a little bit different in Tokyo when the athletes didn't really show up until just before their competition, right? But obviously yes. during a normal Olympics, you're sort of yes. there and, and, and prepping and, and everything along those lines. I mean, similar question what I asked about Sydney. Did you, again, go into this with a, a mindset of, uh, you know, wanting to, to reach a certain goal? Like, was had it changed from Sydney given this was now your, your second Olympics, different sort of category and everything? And then how did you find you went in Athens? Uh, look, in Athens, I guess... Um... It's, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to compare because I did two different styles. Um, you know, did I wrestle my best? I, probably not. Um, you know, um, yeah, I wasn't too happy with how I wrestled in uh, in Athens. I think for my if if, if I want to talk about performance, probably say uh, um, uh, Beijing was my best performance. You know, wrestled the. Uh, Someone quite, you know, um, reputable. Um, it was uh, from Turkey, and uh, I believe he was a former European champion. And yeah, it was a, it was a tight match. You know, I was more on the offense; he was on the defense. So I think uh, he was just trying to shut me down. I mean, he did that. Still, why he won? But um, it was a it was a really good match. Had a good performance. You know, which sometimes so, I can imagine that even if you don't win, like you can at least leave about and be like, cool, I've, I've, I did everything I could. Uh, yes. I, I put it up to him and, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave with my head held high. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely had that. I definitely had that feeling in Beijing. 
um, you know. Uh, but yeah, the, the 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 previous two Olympics, um, yeah. If I was going to be you know honest with myself, I wasn't too happy with my performances. Sydney was Greco-Roman, wasn't my style. Um, even with six months preparation, it's not enough. Not with someone that's been not not not, not against someone that's born to do it. Um, but uh, yeah. Which then on that qualifica- qualification for Beijing. So we've obviously established Sydney, you don't make freestyle, you switch to Greco-Roman. Athens, you kind of don't make the team, but then you get called up because of, of injury medical reasons. So tell me third time lucky this was, I qualified in my actual event. Like, did, did that? Is that how it worked out? Yeah, 2008 is interesting because we had, um, we had about... Probably one, two, three, four, probably five guys from my club that were eligible to qualify for the Olympics. Wow. Yeah, we all fulfilled the criteria. But I think there was some political decisions or some political issues. Not one of us was considered. Wow. Mind you, that year, I mean, two people that were selected within Oceania that didn't fulfill the criteria. So when they when they raised the issue, that was dropped straight away. They were dropped, and now it's time to. I think no, actually one of them was dropped, and it was time to select another wrestler. Now that year, I was the only wrestler that basically that performed at a level where I, I never got. I guess if you want to say outclassed, like I was the only one to win an international bout, like a, or a match, the world championships. Um. But, and, and everyone from the team said, if anyone's going to get chosen, it was going to be me. So I was quite shocked that I wasn't even expected to consider. So um, then it went to court of, I, th- I don't even know if it went to the, uh, what they call cast, the court of arbitration. Um, I don't think it even got that far. Like just before it got there, I think uh, they dropped the other guy and, and then I was selected. Wow. So it was never straightforward. It was never a simple case of just like, wow, jeez. No, no. Yeah, but in all honesty, like uh, I did what needed to be done and I I believe without, I mean, I'm I'm not, uh, I mean, I myself and anyone else on the team would say I was the best performing wrestler of the year Mm. within the team. So, um, but... Yeah, I don't know. You know, some people were. Uh, I think. I think there was a political something politically going on. We we we're learning that so much here, Ali, in so many different sports about the the, the politics around kind of selection and and all these sort of things. Because I guess from an outsider's perspective, it seems pretty standard. You perform to your best. You perform to the criteria. Boom, you're going to the Olympics. But there's a whole lot more around these things that happen, isn't there? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So, but yeah, look, I was I was fortunate. I was I was fortunate enough, and uh, you know, I, I made my third Olympics, and then I actually went for my fourth. You know, so London and um, London was uh, I did I I was I was literally, I was literally not even a hand span away from qualifying. Wow! In the last match, I was winning, and then I think I got overwhelmed, and I got ahead of myself. The focus dropped just one little bit, and I got scored on. And uh, it was too late to kind of recoup my points. Wow. Um, and, and, yeah, I was 
yeah, it was just, I think I just kind of zoned out just for a moment and that's all it takes. That's all it takes, one little moment like yeah, that. It, so, it was against the person that I, 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 I'm, I'm more than confident I would have beaten any day of the week. Yeah. But I, I definitely, I definitely pasted victory too soon. And, uh, yeah. Kind of went from there. uh, As I say, pedal on the metal and just keep on going. Don't stop until the whistle's blown. So from that point on, I believe you went to the Commonwealth Games in 2014. Was Rio a realistic opportunity? Were you kind of switch focus and to try and make a fourth Olympic team? No, no, no. I was, I think I was, uh, when was Rio? 2016. Nah, no. I I was too invested in uh, other commitments. And uh, I was, you know, you got to be real with yourself. Um. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't try out for that one. Kind of just there, and, and had you? Do you then retire after Glasgow, or kind of do you still compete? Uh, just no, I actually tried to make or... a comeback for uh, twenty eighteen Gold Coast. Wow, nice. And uh, I, you know, yeah, and I almost made that one, but uh, um, I actually lost to Jane Lawrence. Wow. Okay. There you go. Yeah, so I, think needs, <laughs> I think there needs to be a trilogy. I yeah, I've been once. He beat me once. <laughs> no, but um, no, it was it was uh, it was yeah. He, he fair and square. You know, he beat me, and uh, it was a good. Uh, he was a good person to fulfill the position. Um, and uh, yeah, it's but it was. Uh, I was actually the next day. I woke up. I was quite content, even though I was lo- I lost. It was enough just to bury the hatchet and say enough's enough, mm-hmm. because I was only training three days a week. I was in the clinic five days a week. Um, I had, uh, I think, I can't remember. I think I had uh, two, maybe two kids then. So uh, yeah, the dynamics of my lifestyle was completely different. Training was only like, I just kind of went in thinking my experience should be enough, mm. you know. But um, obviously, it wasn't. You know, it obviously takes a lot of wrestling. is pretty physical, so you need to be physically conditioned. You know? Which also, too, at that point, you've been doing it for more than well, more than half of your life, and it's yeah, sort of, 100%. yeah, you definitely. know, kind of. And of course, it's it's been rewarding on the aspect that you you've gone to you know many competitions, national champion, yeah. Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games, all these kind of things. But kind of going back to my point about how this isn't going to be your career, you need to then obviously switch focus, and and by that point, you've got a family, you, you've got yourself a career, so it's kind of that. I mean, hard decision, but at the same time, when you feel it's enough's enough, then you kind of know to hang up the, uh, what do you say, yeah. the, the, the leotard? What, what, what do you call the that? The leotards, the spandex. Yeah, the, le- the spandex. There you go. Hang up the spandex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was very happy and content after that, after that comp. And, uh, yeah, since then I've just – I continue to train. You know, um, it just needs to be done like at 6 a.m., you know, mm. Before the kids wake up, yeah, <laughs> and you just, sometimes just you just can't be fuck getting up at six a.m. You just like you come. Well, on. you know what? To be honest with you, I, I, look, it's, sometimes it's hard if you've mm-hmm. sl- if you've slept late, but I'm generally not too bad. I'm, I'm I'm quite a morning person, right? So these days, these days, my eyes are opening by five five thirty. Yeah, it must be nice. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I can't say I've ever experienced that. One day, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know which. We, we talked to, to Jaden and Connor a little bit about sort of, obviously we had no wrestlers in Tokyo. And I believe that was the first time Australia hadn't had a wrestler at the Olympics in about a hundred years. Yeah. It was, it was something in, yeah. insane that that had been so long without it. I mean, yeah. where is the sport at right now in your eyes, Ali, in Australia? And, and 
sort of are you involved in trying to kind of help get some kids out there to get involved in the sport so that we can get back on the mat and in Paris and, and not kind of have a lack of athletes at Olympics? Look, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm not too involved at the moment, to be honest. I was coaching. Um, I think the, the, my, my line of work kind of, uh, kind of tied me down a bit. Um, uh, my brother does most of the coaching at the moment, you know, a few days a week. But uh, I was actually setting up uh, recently just uh, as, as things were opening up after probably maybe mid-year this year due to COVID, we were hoping to open up and start running some kids' classes, you know. And um, But, yeah, it's just uh, obviously there's been a – that's been a bit of a delay, but I definitely have the intention of getting back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, it's to kind of get people to the Olympics, I mean, i got to be quite frank and i got to be quite honest. Like, we don't have the resources here to match that level or to get to that – I mean, we could potentially get to that level, but there needs to be a lot of resources or a lot of training also outside, not just within Australia. Um, especially now because we before it's you compete against Oceania, you qualify. Now you got to go Oceania, now also Africa. So and and Africa's becoming they're, they're progressing, you know. Um, you know, it's different mindset in Africa compared to here in Australia. You know, different lifestyles. So, um, you know, it's, it's becoming harder to kind of match it with those guys. So unless you're really committed, really focused, training, um, there's a lot of competitors, um, there's a lot of numbers, you know, that's the only thing that's going to lift your standard. Uh, if there's only like 100 wrestlers in the circuit, it's, it's not going it's, it's to push the standard of the sport up. And it, it seems, I remember talking when we, we talked with Connor and Jaden about sort of their process and how they had to try and get to Tokyo and all those kind of things, that it does kind of sound very complicated and, and that, that Africa yeah. angle and all that kind of stuff. I mean, is there, do you think that also is an issue in terms of it's getting difficult, more difficult for Australians to have to qualify, that there are all these extra legs now that we have to go through? I mean, is that different to how when you qualified for the Olympics that it was maybe easier back then than it is now yeah definitely i mean definitely sydney was much easier you know win oceana that's it you qualify uh athens obviously athens it was talgett he he qualified through the world uh, i believe the world championships so he won two matches and you know he done the work for me basically <laughs> um, <laughs> and um well, where was it uh beijing 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 we had to Beijing, what was the qualification? Still had to win the Nationals, Oceania, go overseas, uh, compete in the World Championships, place in the top six. I didn't get top six. I won a match, lost a match. I think I finished, uh, yeah, definitely finished outside the top 10. Um, and then you had to go through other competitions. Um, I think there's two other competitions that you have to compete at and finish top, maybe top two or top three. But we didn't go to those ones. So in say in, in repeating what you said, it was a tad it was a tad easier. Um now now it's like you gotta go to the world championships, but you also gotta go to you have to do something, you have to finish top two in Africa. Mm. You know, before it was this go to the world championships, if you don't make it, 
you know, I guess they give it to the best performers within the nation. But now you have to place top two to qualify. That's insane. It's just, it's insane to kind of think yeah. the legs that kind of go into that and, and sort of how it goes around, which I guess, I mean, does that border down to they're trying to make it more competitive by kind of, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I guess, with the World Cup, isn't it, that Australia we weren't qualifying through Oceania because we never got a designated spot. So we go through Asia to try and get more competitive and it kind of works. Right. So is that kind of the, the, the thought process and how that works? Oh, uh, look, I, I think uh, to, to some degree, yes. You know, I think they're trying to filter out the weaker nations. Um, before it was like one person would come out of Oceania. Mm. You know, uh, now it's not Oceania, it's Oceania, Africa. The top two will come out. So you could potentially have, Two people from Africa finishing top two, and there's no one in Oceania to represent that division. Mm. Right? So um, it's uh, yeah, it's de- it's definitely kind of reduced our chances of qualifying for future Olympics. Which I guess then positive side, Brisbane. I'm guessing we would get some designated slots as a host country, but uh, you'd want to have it in the lead up to Brisbane that you're not just relying on. We've got designated spots will just be you know relying on that you'd want to be yeah. at a point come brisbane where you you've got people who would be qualifying not purely based on home allocated slots definitely you know i i'm not up to date with exactly what they're going to do with brisbane in terms of whether they're just going to give the allocated spots to those that qualify within oceana or whether we still have to go to africa so um i'm not sure but i, I think it'll be fair if, if they keep it like sydney where you won and you won the nationals, I think we only won. I think I no, you still. I think you still have to win uh, Oceana, and um, yeah, you win Oceana, you qualify. That's it, done. Mm, yeah, but, yeah. Which is always interesting, though. Like I, I mean, sort of talking about the crowds and everything you got back in Sydney. But I mean, it's always interesting with these sports in Australia that we don't have a lot of exposure about how that works. Because I remember, say, a sport like handball, which. Mm-hmm we're never going to qualify for an Olympics in handball outside of a home Olympics. But for those players who represented Australia in handball, I mean, it would have been an incredible exposure for a sport like that, which would get less exposure than say wrestling would. So um, it's, it's got, it's obviously got the positives to it as well, where if I'm going to the Brisbane Olympics and I'm going to watch handball, I'm, I'm going to want to watch Australia, aren't I? So, you know, it's kind of that exposure. Yeah, for sure. Which kind of will work and hopefully sort of in the... I mean, we've got 11 years, obviously, until Brisbane, so there's a, a bit of time to kind of build that up. Ali, I want to I wrap up with a series of fun sort of uh, questions that we do have. We kind of ask all that. I guess one thing I actually I want to correct myself on, when I spoke to Jane and Connor, I do believe I said that Australia had never won medals in wrestling at the Olympics, and I was very wrong on that. Yes. Uh, Australia has won a silver and two bronzes at the Olympics yes. uh, in wrestling. Now, I I've, I want to give these guys a shout-out. So, back in London, Richard Gerrard won silver in the uh, welterweight division. So, yeah. uh, there you go. There's that one. Uh, in the heavyweight division in London, Jim Armstrong got a bronze. So, good games for wrestling uh, back in 1948 in London. And then when it came to the light heavyweight back in 1932 in L.A., Eddie Scarf won a bronze. So I feel I needed to correct myself there because I I don't know if I had wrestlers yelling at me going, Ben, you're wrong. We've won medals in wrestling before. What are you talking about? Know your history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We've definitely won three medals. Um, But unfortunately, a drought since then. Yeah. We actually actually got closer. 
we how close? Done, when? When? How close did we get? And, and when was we it? We had a. I can't remember if it was a fourth or a fifth place. We had Chris Brown and I think even Zig Kalovitz, you know, finishing in the, in the top five. Right. You know, so they 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 yeah, I think they they were our closest since then. It'd be interesting, actually, and maybe this is something we can do for a future episode, is, is look at these sports where Australians might not necessarily know that we have won medals in and that it's been a drought, kind of, when it, when you when you look at these things. I mean, there was a lot of attention in Tokyo in, in swimming, for example, that we had never won a gold in backstroke until yeah. Kaylee McEwen. And that was one of these, oh, we should have won, a, you know, surely. But this is like, I mean, clearly I just went into this going, oh, yeah, we've never won a medal in wrestling. But, I mean, that's, that's like a good pub trivia. Like, name the sports Australia have never won medals in and people probably would go, oh, we've never won anything in wrestling probably, but we have. So, yeah. And might be the biggest drought then. I mean, I know we broke, with Harry, broke the boxing drought from what, Seoul, I think. So that was a 33-year drought. But, uh, I mean, what, 1948 to 2021? What's my maths like there? That's 73 years. So, Yeah. Can't can't think of a sport maybe that we've gone longer in off the top no, of my head. So oh, no, look, I can't. I mean, I don't know if we've won any medals in hundred meter sprinting. <laughs> I think I actually I think we won a bronze in one of them from memory. I remember thinking about that in Tokyo. I'm just looking here at our all time medal tally. So sort of our, our, I mean, surfing and marathon swimming obviously just happened. Judo, that was back in Sydney, I believe we won those medals. Gymnastics was Sydney. Baseball was Athens, wrestling. So softball, boxing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these sports are pretty recent. Uh, Well, weightlifting. Dean Lucan, that was LA, so that was 84. So that wasn't too long ago. Um, shooting, canoeing, equestrian, sailing. Right, yeah, right now off the top of my head, Ali, this would be the biggest drought because all of these other sports we've won medals in the last 20, 30 years. So, a trivia question. There you go. That that's that's our trivia question of the day. What is the lo- the sport with the longest drought that Australia has not won a medal in? It's wrestling. Simple. Wow. Okay, then. I like this. I like some good trivia. So we're we're uh, we're getting to the bottom of that. Perfect. Uh, now we always ask our guests a series of fun sort of get-to-know-you style questions. Now, these questions were asked to Team Canada athletes uh, ahead of Rio and Pyeongchang and just a bit of fun. And I've actually able to get a wrestler, uh, somebody who, a wrestler, Canadian wrestler, Daniel Lepage answered, answered these questions back in Rio. So I always like to try and get an athlete from the same sport. So I'm glad that there's wrestlers on here and I'm going to learn a little bit more about you today, Ali, by first of all, starting... Who to you is the greatest Olympian of all time? Who is the greatest Olympian of all time? Mm. Um, geez, it's a, it's a very good question. I mean, if, from a wrestling point of view, I mean, I, I'd, I'd have to say the most recent would have to be the Cuban, you know, Lopez. Yep. yep. You know, um, we've also got uh, a, uh, a uh, Japanese wrestler, I think, I believe she won for. Olympic, uh, I believe she won four Olympic gold medals. Don't know, can't, can't recall the name. I think, uh, look, I think overall, overall, if you want to go back decades, I mean, Muhammad Ali always resonates with me. When I say Cassius Clay back then, yeah, you know, um, for sure. Just uh, his whole story, what he stood for, yeah, and his legacy, you know, um, yeah. 
So one I always love from wrestling, because I mean, growing up as a kid, as most kids do, you were watching what was it, the WWF back then, now WWE, but it was when I liked Kurt Angle and when he used to come out with the whole pomp and pizzazz, like, oh, I'm an Olympic gold medal. I never believed it. And then I finally like, looked him up one day that he actually really did win an Olympic gold medal. Yes. So I was like, and his, his, his story is quite, uh, he's got a unique story too. Mm. He had a broken neck before the Olympics. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, he only got through because he was getting jabbed with like like a, uh, I don't know, cortisone injection or I don't know how many cortisone injections just to get through the fight or through the, yeah. through the, through the comp and he ended up getting gold medal. Absolutely insane. Is it, I mean, this is probably the dumbest question I'll ever ask on this show, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I mean, (laughs) obviously when it comes to boxing, the the discrepancy between amateur and professional is, you know, still similar around levels. Is there much of that kind of recruiting from sort of the the wrestling, the the sort of the WWE style wrestling? Like, do people go, well, like, you know, do you want to be a bit more entertaining, come into the professional wrestling side of things? No, I think I think some uh, I think amateurists look at that as a bit bit of an insult. <laughs> I thought you know? it might be like that's why I'm saying it's probably a dumb question, but uh, you no, know, Kurt Angle did it, so <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, look, it's still quite you, you can't diss the fact that you know WWE or WWF is is very um, uh, like you got to be quite athletic. It's uh, you know a, a lot of uh, athleticism is required. You know, but you know it's all for it's all for show. Yeah, it's all entertainment. Yeah, they get paid good money. Yep, and you got the insult. <laughs> <laughs> which I, mean, I remember talking to Jane and Connor a little bit about it. Which it's it is kind of that sort of weird aspect. It's the only sport I think is is this way in which that you say wrestling, people automatically probably think of that, and then you've got a kind of that Olympic wrestling, which it's um, which yeah, I can see the kind of insult level because like again no and please any sort of professional wrestlers listening please don't come and hurt me one's real one's fake <laughs> i'm sorry <Yeah. laughs> just to point that out um but entertainment olympics you know it's, olympic wrestling still entertaining uh the first olympics you remember watching were first olympics i remember watching it had to be it had to be atlanta olympics um I guess uh, look, no no real particular moment resonates with me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I have to, if I have to say what Olympic moment resonates with me, probably have to say Kathy Freeman. Yep. You know, um, where were you? Were you like in the village? Did you get to go to the stadium I, that yeah, night? No, 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 I was I was in the village. That was before my, it was before my competition schedule. Right. We were watching that on a big screen in the village. Imagine that would have been a pretty incredible experience to be, you know, that oh, yeah. close and having all those people around you in that moment. Yes, that was awesome. Um, yeah, it was. I believe it was. A, it was quite a successful Olympics, you know. Even yeah. with the swimmers, you know, we we it was a good uh, Olympic campaign that year. The uh, best ever, Olympics. still, as as Juan Antonio said. But yeah, in terms of total medals won, it is still Australia's best ever Olympic uh, performance. Oh, look, uh, I think for me, if I was gonna. Right, the my three Olympics or three Olympic experience. Sydney was my favourite, for sure. Yeah. Do you keep much of you know? Do you keep the uniform? Do you kind of keep them like in a box? Do you put them on display? Like, do you kind of keep all that sort of memorabilia that you would uh, have from your three yeah, Olympics? I've, I've, I've framed some stuff that I've chucked up in the clinic. Great. And um, yeah, I've still got some stuff stored away. 
but I think I'm hoarding a bit too much. I think I've got to start getting rid of some. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that would be a pretty cool thing when somebody comes to the clinic and, and they may, maybe don't know who you are and all. But like, I, that would be, I walk into a clinic like that and I, I didn't know, I'd straight away be like, bugger here for what I'm here for. Like, I want to talk to you about the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, I guess it's definitely a bonus. You know, it gives, a, gives you a bit more credibility as a uh, practitioner. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it definitely gets attention from uh, the patients. That's good. That's what we like to hear. Um, if you could be any superhero, who would you be? I think I had that discussion with my son yesterday. <laughs> he was asking me what superhero you want to be. You know, for me, you know, like I, I like Superman. <laughs> yeah, perfect answer. But he'd be pretty up, handy in wrestling, wouldn't he? Superman. Sorry? Yeah, he'd be pretty handy in wrestling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> little flick done, over and done with. Then the Hulk, how would the Hulk go? The Hulk is kind of be a decent wrestler. Hundred percent, yeah. He's he's, a, he's got the right build for it. <laughs> yeah, the anger. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. 100%. Kind of that sort of stuff. Um, your favorite ice cream flavor is? I like the chocolate mint. Mm, yes, good answer. I do like chocolate mint myself. Good one. Uh, I mentioned before how we kind of added walk-up music for wrestling when we did the commentary of it. This question is, if I were a baseball player, what would your walk-up music be? So uh, let's let's just say we, we got the walk-on music, you're coming up, you're in, you're, you're returned, you're in Paris. What What's the song that's pumping out for your alley as you walk out to the mat? I got, well, I got, I got two choices and I'd have to choose one. Yep. Um, one, I would have to always be I the Tiger. Yes. And the, and the <laughs> other one is, um, uh, you ever watch Karate Kid? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. You know the, the, the theme song, You're the Best? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, you're yeah. the best, the best. Nothing's got to happen now. Yeah, that would yeah, be perfect. Me. Yes. Oh, yeah. see it. Bring it in. Come on, IOC. I'm sure they're big listeners to this show. Uh, I just, I want to see it. Like, they're always talking about getting the kids involved, Ali. Like, that gets the kids involved. They, 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 they need to make it a bit more exciting, you know, yeah. to get more public, uh, uh, I guess, attention. Yep. Um, public following. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Throw in a steel cage, a couple of chairs, just <laughs> maybe not. No, maybe not. Sorry, sorry. We don't want to go down that route. Uh, the best nickname that you've ever been called is? Jeez. Best nickname? Hmm. Jeez. Best nickname. Best nickname. Oh, mate. That's a, you got me there. <laughs> Any nicknames? Have you sort of ever had a nickname at all? That sort of. Oh, look, I've I've been called the Silverback. The Silverback. Oh, okay. Is that <laughs> yeah. is, is that a hair related question? Do I ask? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, definitely not hair related. I guess it's just. I guess that's just my physical, my physical makeup. Right. Okay. Yeah. I can think of worse. I can think of worse yeah. ones for that. That's not 100%. too bad. Um, if there was a movie about your life, who would play you? Uh, if there was a movie, say again, repeat that. So if there was a movie, somebody made the uh, the Ali Abdo biopic. Who would who would be playing Ali in that movie? Who would be playing Ali? Jeez, that's a good one. Um, who would play that? No, nah, mate. Like, I, I, no one really. Okay, that's a that's a very tricky question. Yeah. Um, who would who would play that? Who would play that? I'm always interested if people like have a go to like if they're straight away like oh you know like 
Dave Batista or The Rock, like you know, just like straight away they just go for somebody like that. They're, they're thought uh, about it. They're writing their own bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at yeah. You gave me an idea now. <laughs> I always, I always used to like Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Have you? There's, a, there's a random movie we covered on one of our other podcasts. It's called Santa's Sleigh, and basically Goldberg plays like this sadistic serial killer version of Santa. It's, okay. it's all kinds of fucked up, but it's hilarious at the same time. So, uh, if you ever want to watch Fran Drescher catch on fire, watch Santa's Sleigh. It's hilariously Santa's terrible. Sleigh. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like Slay, I think it's like S L E Y or A Y, you know, like because he's a serial killer. It's it's really strange, but it's hilarious at the same time. So, yeah, one of the weirdest movies I've ever watched. Um, I, I know the answer to this because you've you've achieved this already. If you weren't an athlete, what would you be? I'll see a path. Yes. Yep. <laughs> is that something that you sort of grew up wanting to do, or is it sort of you wanted to do medicine and then you kind of just kind of like chose a field as you were studying? No, look, I always, I always had an interest, like uh, even in, um, you know, like in high school, I always had an interest for um, hands-on therapy. You know, at one point it was physio, and then at another point it was chiropractic because uh, I was, uh, I guess, uh, I wouldn't say mentored, but you know, I looked up to a particular practitioner, and uh, but then eventually, like, I got, yeah, I got exposed to. Um, uh, osteopathy and then i took uh i took that path and then you the rest know? is history here you are so. yeah man so. can you can do you want to plug your your practice while we're, we're on no, the topic yeah like- look <laughs> I, I work uh i work for my well i got my own clinic it's called the Avacene osteopathy out in newport uh melbourne uh been doing that for now over, i guess 11 years now great and uh yeah still going strong and uh enjoying it I'm passionate about it, so um, I don't mind doing it five days Fantastic. a week. Fantastic. Fantastic. I feel like I need to start this interview again and introduce you as Dr. Ali Abdo because I feel nah, like, nah, you know, nah. kind of <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I can't say if I've ever had a doctor on the show before, Ali, so I feel like I need to take advantage of it. <laughs> Come on. Don't 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 lie. You like to hear that. Like, if I was a doctor, I just want everybody, every time I walk in the room, Dr. Ben, here he yeah, is, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I look at that stuff. Bag use it where you can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what? Your full name is like Doctor Ali Abdo O L Y. So that's not bad. That's a good name to have. <laughs> <laughs> all the other initials that you have from all the degrees and everything that you've got. A very long business card, I can imagine. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I was yeah, I was fortunate enough, like uh, finished my degree in human movement, uh, exercise rehab. Although, um, yeah. That wasn't always the uh, master plan, but all those fields tying together really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a lot of letters it's, on the business card. It's all together there. Um, your guilty pleasure snack is? Guilty. Look, I, I, yeah, I definitely love my chocolate, but it's mm-hmm. the dark chocolate. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Good answer. That's. I mean, that is the healthiest chocolate. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, you know, sure. you can get away with that. <laughs> um, the most recent TV show that you binge watched is, geez, whatever the wife's watching. <laughs> uh, Correct actually, answer. Yeah, nah. <laughs> uh, nah, yeah. Um, uh, there's, there's a series we've been watching. It's, um, I think it's called Raising Canaan. Oh, yep. It's the add-on part of Power, the series yep. Power. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Great. And you enjoying it? Sort of, you, you keep coming back, so I'm guessing you're enjoying it? <laughs> yeah, I guess I keep coming back, you know. Yeah. Or the wife keeps coming back and you just keep, you know, watching Yeah, well, that's yet. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll watch another episode, sure. Um, your favourite place in the world to compete is? Madison Scott. Where I haven't or where I have? Uh, let's go with both. Well, yeah, I mean, Madison Square Garden would be awesome. Yeah. The opportunity was there. But unfortunately, um, yeah, there was a few obstacles in the way that didn't eventuate. And um, yeah, what's really uh, uh, I had a memorable experience in Las Vegas. Great, the yeah. showpiece. I'm 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 actually impressed that they would have um, normal wrestling, not the fake wrestling, yeah. at Madison Square Garden. So that's cool. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think it's been a, it's they've done that twice now. Great. But wow. uh, yeah, that was that was huge. Fantastic. I remember I went to Colorado Springs and I did a tour of the U.S. Olympic facility and the sort of the yes. wrestling area and was just like blown away by just kind of like the level and they had the the wall of fame. I found Kurt Angle's name on the wall and kind of it was it was pretty cool. Like I think that's probably the only time I've ever actually seen wrestling in person. Um, mm. So it was yeah, pretty pretty different. crazy. It's, they, it's, they love it there, don't they? Oh, it's different level. Like once you once you start to see the world the world wrestling. Mm. You start to realise, unfortunately, Australian wrestling is very behind. Mm. You know, like Which... I, I went, I went to, I went to Japan for training camp um, a couple of years ago, or two, three, maybe three years ago now. And um, yeah, I mean, it just uh, we went and trained out of a particular university, and um, just the whole culture, you know, the whole culture of sport and. Um, completely different which is hopeful that i mean we saw in the lead up to sydney of course kind of the injection of funds that kind of came in so that our athletes would perform at the best of their ability come sydney so it's a good showpiece so again 11 years now for brisbane rather than a usual seven so hopefully we can have that and and break the goddamn drought of wrestling medals come on let's hope so Yes, sure. let's let's seventy. What did I say? Seventy three years. Yeah, it'll be about yeah, eighty four by that point. So, yeah, bring it on. Um, now I'm not sure if you're much of a gamer, but if you are, what is your favorite video game? Nah, to be honest, I grew up not. I've never been a gamer, to be honest. Right. Uh, if you ask my brother, different. He'll, he'll give you an answer, but no. Nah, <laughs> do the like, kids? Do you sort of avoid the kids playing them, or are they sort of? Yeah, into- to be honest, yeah, I, I kind of, I really limit them, especially now. I'm sure you're aware, technology and kids and. You know, it's it's uh, in some aspects it's okay, but it's uh, very easy becoming addictive. Yeah, you know? I remember my nephew when he was about, I want to say three or four. When I saw him using an iPad, probably better than I could. I was, I didn't know how to feel about that. I'm like, how is this a thing? He's like so young and he knows what to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I barely know what to do. <laughs> they're pretty good. They see the adults, and before you know it, they're swiping and pressing. Yeah. And, you know, Accidentally spending hundreds of dollars on your iTunes account. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I definitely limit their time on it. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, your biggest fear in life? Here's a deep question for you. Oh, look, public speaking is huge. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I look. I, I won't jump out of a plane and do parachute, parachute, whatever you want to call it, parachuting. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't do that. But definitely uh, public speaking. Wow. So if they've ever asked you to like a, a, a wrestling conference or something like that or speaking that, you're like, oh, no, I think I might pass. Oh, uh, you know, one. you know, like if even, even like, um, even just publicly speaking, like let's say, for instance, in my business, if I was to talk to a camera 
and talk to my audience or my followers, I really, pardon the pun, I've, I've, I, 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 I really grapple with the idea. Like I mm-hmm. can't, I just really, yeah. So interesting. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, look, if, if I have to speak to, I've, I've gone and spoken to schools about my Olympic uh, campaigns and experience. I, I, I seem to be okay there. It's maybe because I'm very confident in what I'm delivering. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just public speaking is definitely one that um, makes me sweat. I think you're the first person. Here. Like I like that. Like it's 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 kind of because you know some people will say spiders and all these heights and sort of stuff. But like oh, oh yeah, it's it's sort of interesting to kind of uh, to hear that and and everything. I, lo- I love these different answers. It works well. Last one for you today, Ali. Your uh, yeah. what's one thing that you can't live without? What's one thing? Well, you know, I mean, now being a family man, it's it's my family members. Now yep, my wife and yep. kids. You know that's that's a given. So if we if we have to move on from that, um, look, definitely a physical lifestyle, like a, a healthy, like an active lifestyle. Like if I, if I don't if I, if, I, if I'm not exercising, then um, not only does it affect me physically, but definitely the mental. You know, mentally, it's because uh, I grew up. It's embedded in my in my body, in my brain, my 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 blood, my veins. You know, I'm always I was I grew up doing something every day. Or if you know, every second day. So, yeah, definitely uh, exercise exercise to some degree. I feel that's the correct answer for an Olympian. So, uh. yeah, <laughs> I look, I, and I always said, like, you know, friends around me got married, had kids, blew up 10, 15 kilos, 20 kilos. I was like, no, that, that'll never be, that, that's never going to be me, mm. you know. And, um, you know, three kids later and uh, seven years of marriage, you know, I've probably put on probably five kilos four or five kilos not too bad doing not, all bad, right. not bad at all you see you, know. you still could compete arlene like paris could happen <laughs> you know just just saying like never saying birmingham's what not far away so you know yeah, like yeah. You never know. Get, you never know. Get, get ready for that uh before let's go ali uh anything you want to plug you've obviously plugged your, your clinic but um in terms of sort of uh wrestling uh your social media anything along those lines if people want to oh. stay up to date with you or get involved in the sport anything along those lines no, you know, like, um, you know, thanks for the opportunity for, um, you know, the platform to, um, uh, you know, talk about my uh, experiences in wrestling. And, um, yeah, I think wrestling uh, wrestling is a tough sport. It's uh, it's not for everyone. Um, I think uh, we're grateful that MMA has increased the wrestling's exposure. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's it's kept wrestling alive in Australia. Right, which is great, you know. And um, I tell people uh, it's a good, it's a, it's a good uh, founding sport for young kids because it increases their, improves their motor development, their strength. Um, it builds their work ethic. Um, you know that tenacity. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely a it's a good sport to get your kids into. Well, there you go. Straight from straight from a man who should know that. Uh, <laughs> get involved, Marissa. Ali, seriously, a lot of fun. Uh, great pleasure to be able to chat to you about your career and your uh, amazing experiences and everything else in there. And uh, best luck with everything moving forward. Right. And uh, let's count the, down those days until we're celebrating a, a medal around an Australian wrestler's neck because it's been too it's bloody a, long. 100%. Thank you very much for having me on, Ben.
And a massive thanks to Ali there. Great time. Dr. Ali, I, I feel like I should be saying that there to, to be a little bit more uh, formal and proper, but fascinating to learn about that. The Greco-Roman, the freestyle, the discrepancies and kind of training for both of those as well. And where the sport is at in Australia, it would be fantastic to not only obviously get a wrestler back to the Olympics, it felt weird in Tokyo not having an Aussie wrestler at the Olympic Games for basically the first time in 100 or so years, but 73 years of drought for Australia not having won a medal at the Olympics in wrestling. How did I just jump to that conclusion earlier? Uh, Jaden and Connor saying that we had never won a wrestling medal and I was completely wrong. So there you go. Glad we could uh, clarify that there. But uh, again, big thanks to Ali for his time. Plenty more great episodes to come your way. Can you believe we're actually nearly at our 200th episode? Believe it or not, we nearly are there. So you know that when we do every 50 episodes, we often do a bit of a montage episode, best of kind of clips and everything else in between there. So that is coming very, very soon, as are the Beijing Olympics. They're very, very close, folks. I know you are getting very excited for that. You know we're going to have daily coverage once again during Beijing. And as we always say, the real Olympics. So uh, bring on the winters. We're so excited for those. If you've missed any of our past interviews or episodes or want to listen to them again or you want to not miss another one that's coming up at any point in the future search off the podium all the podcast platforms of course and on social media off the podium as well instagram twitter facebook is where you can find us big thanks again to ali big thanks to everybody for listening to the show special shout out as always to jason momoa and until we next speak again my name is ben this is off the podium and as always go left What an episode. You loved every single second of it. It's been, again, just quickly reminding you once again, if you want to help us win a Sports Podcast Award, sportspodcastawards.com, register to vote, click on Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast section, listen to the other nominees, and then go, hey, Off the Podium's awesome. They're so good. They put in so much work and so much effort, and we just love them, and they deserve to go on the podium for once. Ben's awesome. Jared's awesome. Colin's okay, but he's also kind of awesome. We'd really appreciate it. And particularly if you've actually listened to the rest of this and ended up here, because generally I assume you've well and truly tuned out by now. But seriously, if you're at this point of the podcast, then you're a true listener. And that means that you're a true fan and you should vote for us. Sportspodcastawards.com. Do it now. We will thank you forever. Literally ever. Like every episode moving forward, we will thank you forever. Sportspodcastawards.com. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you next time on Off the Podium. I'm I'm really going to go now. Bye.